0: Hello and welcome to The Healthy Back, the podcast that shares practical tips to have a healthy spine and lead an active lifestyle. I'm your host Taruna Rijwani, physical therapist and McKinsey Method specialist and every week I'll be sharing tips and lessons to help you manage your back problems without pain pills, injections or surgery. We will talk about the common challenges that people with spinal issues face, debunk the myths, and break down research on spine and joint-related problems for you. And yes, also have a lot of fun along the way. I hope you will join me on the ride. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you are listening, don't forget to leave a ratings and review on iTunes. It really helps to spread the message further. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Healthy Back. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about a topic that is very close to my heart and that is bursting some of the myths associated with back pain or back problems. The reason I wanted to dedicate an episode specifically to this topic is because some of these myths have been passed on to us from generations, either from, you know, from our previous generations or from some healthcare providers, or these are just some beliefs that are set in that are almost second nature to us, even though the recent research has been coming up that has been contradicting these beliefs over and over. So hopefully I can shed some light on some of these commonly held myths associated with back problems and you know give you some perspective on those. So the number one and in fact one of the most harmful myths associated with back pain is the common advice prescribed which is bed rest. It is almost intuitive for a lot of people to just do some bed rest if they have an acute episode of back pain. It's just what comes naturally to us. Sometimes it's also prescribed by some healthcare providers. And this is really an old school advice. There is a lot of research, a lot of data that's come out that's conclusively proven that bed rest is in fact one of the worst things that you can do if you're having you know, some sort of mechanical back pain. What happens is when you are resting your body, you are actually, if you are on under strict bed rest, you're actually preventing fluid from moving in and out of your joints, your ligaments, your discs, you're preventing the flow of good blood supply, you are preventing the flow of good hormones. You know, when you move around, your body releases some feel-good hormones that in fact helps your body to heal and recover. Bed rest also prevents you from getting a good night's sleep, which is another essential component of the healing process. So, there are many reasons why bed rest is, in fact, counterintuitive to the process of healing. Of course, resting in right amounts or even bed rest could be essential in some cases, in some serious conditions but it's certainly not the case for majority of people who have an acute flare-up of back pain or who have had long-standing back problems. They have arthritis, they have disc issues, and all of a sudden they flare up their back. What you need to do is in fact the opposite. You need to move your body in a slow graded manner so you can get some blood flowing you can get some healthy fluids flowing in and out of your joints you allow your joints to move in the right direction and give your body the right and the best environment to heal so you know if I would strongly suggest that if you have been advised bed rest for your back issues whether you have a disc problem whether you have arthritis whether you have spondylolysis or some other, you know, diagnosis and you have been prescribed bed rest, I would advise you to get a second opinion and kind of try to understand what would be the best amount of resting for you instead of just blindly following that advice. I cannot tell you how many patients I have worked with who see me after several weeks of bed rest And they have actually taken a few steps behind in their recovery just because they haven't been doing anything at all and they kind of have to start over once they start moving in the right direction. So save yourself those few weeks of pain and misery and, you know, try to get a second opinion uh, to see which movements will be the best movements for you to start the process of healing. Okay, so that being said, I'm going to move along to the next most common myth associated with back pain specifically and that is the assumption that you need to take painkillers before you start working, you know, with a movement-based program, with a physical therapist or with a mechanical or McKinsey qualified therapist. Now, the, pain ki- the role of painkillers is just that, to eliminate your pain. In a lot of cases, the right movement alone may help you reduce your pain levels significantly. However, if you are in a lot of pain, you know, seeing a doctor and getting the right prescription of pain medications is always the best idea, but it's not certainly the number one thing that you need to do. If you feel like your pain is something that you can bear with, you can always reach out to a mckenzie method trained provider a mechanical you know therapist a physical therapist to get an assessment first and start moving your body in the right direction chances are the right movements themselves will help reduce the amount of pain that you are experiencing and you may help yourself recover naturally without having to rely or take any sort of painkillers or pain medications Again, like I said, it all depends on the situation. If your pain is really intense, sometimes you may need help of external things like pain medicines, but it is definitely not the first line. This is one of the most common assumptions I hear from people is they think that they need to take painkillers before they start doing an exercise program because they assume that the exercise program is going to be so intense that they will have to be pain-free in order to go through it when that is not the case. When you see the right mechanical therapist or a McKinsey qualified therapist, depending on your pain levels and depending on your condition, more often than not, they will just start you with one or two movements or exercises which will play the role of reducing your pain. So they will act as your a natural pain relieving process for you. So if you c- kind of believe in, you know, letting your body heal naturally, there is an option out there for you. And my last but not the least and one of the even more common myths that is especially growing in this digital age. I wouldn't say this is something that's been going on for several years. I definitely think this is a digital age issue and that is following a random exercise program through Google or YouTube and um, you know, setting yourself down on that path. Now don't get me wrong, I love the age of information. I love putting out, you know, good content on YouTube. I frequently prescribe exercises uh, through YouTube videos and I use it myself. However, you have to realize that a lot of content that gets put out on these internet websites by experts and by, you know, other people. First of all, it's mostly general advice it's general recommendations that people are putting out there to help you guide through the process of recovery every person every individual who has a spinal issue is a diff, has a different problem even though your diagnoses may be the same two herniated discs two people with herniated discs at the same exact level may present differently may respond to a different program and may need completely different treatments. And that is because every individual person is unique. Their spine is unique, their body is unique, their function, their core strength, everything is different. So you need to follow a program or an exercise direction, a postural modification that is specific and unique to you. Instead of following random exercises that are being prescribed on the internet and then, you know, set yourself up, uh, you know, maybe for recovery, maybe not. Now, I wouldn't say that most people end up hurting themselves doing exercises randomly off the internet. Just as the right exercise can guide the process of healing, guide the process of recovery, the wrong exercise or wrong movement can also set you back. And I'm not saying this because that's just my opinion. I am saying that based on conclusive data and conclusive research. There was a study done in 2012, I believe, it's called, Does it Matter Which Exercise? That is the title of the study. And in that study, they found conclusively that people who have back pain and sciatica, they were divided into two groups. Group A got a set of exercises based on their assessment that were correct for their specific problem. And group B got general exercises, some general random exercises of the internet that was passed on as, you know, back pain mobility exercises. They followed up with both these groups at the end of three months to see how they were doing. And of course, as you would expect, group A was doing significantly better in terms of their pain, in terms of their symptoms, in terms of their mobility, whereas group B, Wasn't doing as great as Group A. In fact, some members of Group B even reported feeling worse than they were three months ago. So, that goes on to prove that just as the right movement, a right pill can help you heal and recover, a wrong pill can also set you back. I'm not saying that will happen almost every time, but you don't want to be one of those people who goes through the process of a setback. Only to start over than to, you know, start it right in the first place. You don't want to learn it the hard way. You want to learn from research. You want to learn from the data that we already have. Save yourself the time and trouble. Go get prescribed the right movements, the right exercise, right postural guidance and follow those along, you know, from there on. This kind of applies to a lot of people who follow through group exercise classes such as yoga and Pilates in the management of their back problems. I love, you know, people who stay active, who kind of try to keep themselves in a good shape. But when you're kind of going through a group program where the exercises are directed to work for a full group of 10 to 15 people versus they are more individualized for you, they may not work best for you if you have some underlying back issues. Of course, if you have a healthy spine, you're completely pain-free. These exercises, these classes are a great way for you to stay in shape. I coordinate with a lot of yoga therapists, a lot of Pilates instructors, and I frequently you know, recommend some of these to my patients as a long-term way of staying active and staying in shape. And, you know enjoying uh, the benefits of a group class but like i said if you are in pain if you have some sort of underlying issue that you haven't gotten checked out you don't know what movements will hurt and what movements will help it is always best to get that individualized prescription first a common example i give to my patients is that you know if you have fever you don't go to cvs Or you don't go to a pharmacy store and just pick up a random medicine off the shelf, hoping that it will relieve your symptoms or relieve your problem. You want to know what exactly the problem is. You want to get the right pill that is specific for your problem, take it in the right dosage, and that's when you know that it's going to work for you. And that's what applies here. Movement is medicine. That's something I keep saying repeatedly and that is extremely true. So just like with the medicine, with a pill, you want to make sure that this is the right pill prescribed for your problem and you are taking it in the right dosage, in the right amounts. Same applies to your movements or exercises when you are in pain. You want to make sure that this is the right one for you and you are doing it in the right dosage and the right amounts. So here we go. Here are my three most common myths associated with back problems and back pain. And of course, I think I have a bigger list of myths uh, than these. But I think these three are a good place to start uh, because these are the ones that I see extremely commonly, um, you know, almost on the daily, if not more. And uh, I think these are the ones that, that people are strongly attached to. So hopefully they make some sense to you and add some value to your life. If you know someone who is suffering from back pain and has back problems and has a hard time detaching from these myths and has a hard time, you know, just getting some clarification on why these concepts are not good for them, feel free to share this podcast episode with them so they can get some clarity and get some understanding of why some of these myths may hurt more than help so as always I had a great time talking to you guys um, you know feel free to give me a follow on instagram at health underscore watchers and let me know how you like this episode if you have anything any other myths that you think are out there for back problems that people are you know falling into that you would like clarified Uh, Any other suggestions, inputs, uh, you know, let me know in the DMs of Instagram and I will be back with you guys with another episode next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Healthy Back Today. I'll be back next week with more tips to help you lead a pain-free and active lifestyle. For now, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and please don't forget to share this podcast with your friends or anyone else who might benefit from learning about how to live a healthy lifestyle.